You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with Banker Bill. Ryan, you should get off the internet. And your guy, Bully Rye. I think it's a brilliant idea. There it is. Waiting for the music to kick in. It took a little second for it. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another live football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, alongside Banker Bill to talk all things football. And if you'll notice, Bill's got a different look about him tonight. Uh, Bill, what's My going season's on, over, man? brother. My season's over. <laughs> I'm uh, under recruiting. I'm genuinely like sad for you like i feel i feel genuinely bad i came to your house to watch the game with you uh, it was the first place that i had gone uh since since my injury if you will and watched the game with you and we had a nice uh we had a nice fun debate about it afterwards about uh nfl officiating and 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 what the nfl wants versus what they're gonna get and it was it was a genuinely like interesting conversation to have. A lot of conspiracy theories. Um, you know, I felt a certain way. I think that night, not necessarily. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins didn't play well enough to win that game, but I believe that the games that happened on Sunday, kind. I mean, I don't think the the NFL wanted the Buccaneers over the Philadelphia Eagles. I think if you're going to take a fan base. Uh, it's a little bit more um, exciting. I don't know. I, I don't know what their play is. But, yeah, I think there are some questionable things that are happening during the games. And we watched the Kansas City Dolphins game, and uh, the media came out after that game and was like, what the heck just happened? Uh, there were some really questionable things that went on during that game, including the helmet crack, where it was unprecedented to ever have the helmet crack. But there are rules, and the officials didn't know them. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh. it's interesting. You mentioned that you don't think the media wanted Tampa Bay over Philadelphia, and yet we had a bunch of people crying about how the fix was in for the Detroit Lions over the LA Rams. I can't I can't wait to get into talk about. I didn't. About I didn't Walker feel that again. way. I didn't I, feel that way. A lot. Apparently, a lot of social media did. I can't wait to uh, talk about that more when we get to fun. the Wild Card Weekend talk. Uh, first and foremost, thanks anybody who's watching live with us. If you want to join the conversation. Uh, please uh, comment wherever you're, wherever it is that you're listening or watching, be it facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns, the YouTube channel or Twitter. Your uncle Gary's in the chat. I believe he wanted Philadelphia to lose to Tampa Bay. So that, that makes, I, that I makes, mean, I did too. I yeah. Did too. Uh, listen, yeah, I did as a lions fan. I wanted the lions to have to play Tampa Bay because they beat Tampa Bay 20 to it's seven be earlier. Terrible. In the when Baker Mayfield comes and beats you in your house, that's oh, going to be terrible. It. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Leatherman comes in banker bill for president. let's go. All right. I'm running. I'm, I'm going to put my, my thing. If it's, it's that time of year. Uh, yeah. Can I be, can I be running mate? Can I, can I do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. in all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, we're going to get in uh, just a little college football topics. 
here before we uh, before we take our break and get into breaking down wildcard weekend in the NFL. Some interesting news to come out of college football since we last appeared on this show. And the biggest piece of news comes out of Florida State. We we took a giant dump. Or maybe not we, but I took a giant dump on Florida State because there Wait, was we we I okay. I, we'll, I intentionally we. save up dumps to take on Florida State. We'll go with the we. Uh, we, we we made it very clear our stance about why Florida State didn't belong in the college football playoff, and and people still continue to argue the fact, and we argued the fact that that Florida State. You know, they could have done the same thing Georgia did and tried to play to prove everybody wrong. And instead, they get blown out because of people opting out of the bowl game or people transferring out. And come to find out, there might have been more of an underlying reason as to why a lot of these guys didn't come back. Florida State has now been put on two years of probation, penalized by the NCAA for misusing NIL, Mm -hmm. uh, forced to disassociate with its NIL collective. Uh, for one season, uh, for violating rules on using name, image, image and likeness, uh, they have to uh, also disassociate with uh, one of their main boosters uh, for the next three seasons. And an assistant coach, Alex, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his last name, but if you're watching the show live, you'll be able to see it come across your ticker. Uh, one of their assistant coaches were suspended for three games going into next season. Essentially, the story that came out was that they brought in a recruit and took him to the 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 booster, if you will, um, and and basically offered him fifteen thousand dollars a month, I believe, is what it was, and and basically highly suggested that he come pay for Florida, or come play for Florida State. Uh, Bill, I have so many thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts. What do you, what do you think about this this penalty? Penal- we we we've talked for weeks now about the fact that NIL. And the transfer portal without your regulation was uh, ruining college football. And now we see where a school blatantly tried to abuse the NIL as a recruiting tactic. And now they've gotten their hands thoroughly slapped for it. What are your thoughts on this uh, penalty, I should say, for Florida State? I think we would be naive to think that this isn't happening at every single Everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. Ridiculous. Now, the reason that they got busted is because this guy was a douchebag <laughs> like he was like ready to commit to another school went to florida state they offered him money and he told on them like yeah. come on you're a jerk and then he went and committed to the other school I, I forget who he was committing to i don't remember what it was but he wasn't intending to ever go to florida state and then when they did this he was like oh that's this is what they did and then they went and told the you know people told the ncaa and then they got in trouble for it this is happening everywhere the nil is a joke it's terrible and it needs to be fixed we'll find out how much integrity the ncaa chooses to have moving forward because the transfer portal and NIL are awful and we can keep harping on that. We'll see what happens. So you don't think that, so I, I guess the, the the point being is we've talked about it for years that colleges were paying their players for years. They were just they doing were, it behind absolutely. the table. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's part of the reason why I, I believe that Nick Saban decided to call it quits this year was because, you know, for years he got away with, you know, paying kids under the table and not getting caught he wasn't doing the Jeremy Pruitt and putting cash into McDonald's bags and 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 that sort of thing. Like he was doing it the the quote unquote right way, not to get caught. Right. Uh, and like you said, there's plenty of colleges that are out here using NIL to encourage kids. I mean, that's why kids are transferring out and committing to a school the next day because there's somebody that's gotten in their ear and and said, "Hey, you need to come play for Oregon or come play for Texas or come play for Florida State because you're gonna get, you're gonna get this much money to to, to come play for us." Uh, you don't. 
you don't feel like it's 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 karmic for Florida State to be the to to be the school that's now gotten gotten caught up in all this. Like you don't you don't think it's sort of you know what you you wanted to play hardball with the NCAA and not send your kids to a bowl game. So boom, here you go. Of course like, it is. Of course it is. I mean, it, you had it coming. You know, doing what you did in the Orange Bowl, you had it coming. It's so to me, it's sort of one of those things that like in baseball. Mm-hmm. We had the steroid era. Wait, let's not do baseball because ba- no, I'm, I'm, no, the 2017 gonna... Astros are still the champions, even though they were. I'm not. You know, I'm not talking about cheating. like them cheating. I'm not talking <laughs> about cheating per se. Like I'm not. I'm talking about like the steroid era in baseball. It got to a point where they had to put a drug a drug policy in, but you know, same thing with the NFL. You know how to pass a drug test. You know when the drug test is coming, and if you're going to be that blatant about it then it serves you right when you get caught and you get your hands slapped. And to me, I mean, you could say that it was just one kid, but it sounds pretty, it, it, it sounds pretty obvious that Florida state was being very, very loose, uh, very oh, loose about how they were going about it. And that's basically where they got, where they got I agree. caught. I agree. Uh, Tim Costello, first of all, he says Bakerville 24. And then he wants to know, are we going to be covering spring football? I guess we can talk about it. The plan I is to, to cover pick a team. I, the I plan have to is- pick a new team. Yeah, the plan is to cover the UFL. Uh, if, you, if you've been living under a rock, we actually don't have it in the notes. We might actually talk about it next week. The XFL and the USFL have merged to now have uh, the UFL, where the XFL conference and the USFL conference, they kept five, essentially, they kept five teams from the XFL, despite putting, because you had two Houston teams, one in the USFL and one in the XFL. And so that XFL Houston team is now in the USFL conference, along with three other teams that they kept. There's like four four teams in the state of Texas. They got rid of teams like Seattle, Orlando, which you got to admit, Orlando didn't have the fan base to keep the team. Same thing with Vegas. I have a Guardians t-shirt. So Didn't you say that Guardians t-shirt was the worst quality t-shirt? It is the worst quality t-shirt I've ever put on in my entire life. I might as well just put on a trash bag. Yeah, so we will will be discussing spring football, and we'll kind of touch on that next week since we've only got four games to cover – on next week's show let's get back to college football here for just a second because there was a lot of speculation on who was going to take nick saban's job uh nick saban retired from the university of alabama we actually talked about the candidates on this show and alabama has a new head coach former washington huskies football coach uh kaylin deboer was named the successor to nick saban and the new head coach at the university of alabama but what do you thought we, we sort of talked about a little bit off the air about how, how we felt bad because Washington just lost the national championship. They're now moving from the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. We don't see things getting easy, any easier for them. And now they're going to be, I don't know if they've, if they've replaced the head coaching position or not, but now yeah. they're going to be on the, on the road looking for, they have re- replaced him. So what are your thoughts on, on uh, Kalen DeBoer deciding to move over to the University of Alabama? And do you think he was the right hire considering all the people that were being talked about for this job? Well, I think the lot the, Top guys on the list. We heard about Dan Lanning from Oregon. He had ties to Alabama. He immediately came out and said he wasn't leaving Oregon. So I think they kind of went down the list and kind of the order we were talking about last week. And DeBoer was the first one to take the call, it sounds like. There were a, a group of them that said, no, we're not going, including Dabo Sweeney uh, from, from Clemson. Well, uh, in fairness, the fans went to the town square and screamed anybody but Dabo. Said, I'm not going to go. Yeah. So he said, I'm, I'm not going to go. Lanning said he wasn't going to go. DeBoer took the call. DeBoer's been fantastic. I mean, he was at Fresno State for two years, uh, went nine and three in his final season. Actually, he took over in uh, 2021 
I'm sorry, 2020 went three and three in the final six games, then went nine and three in 2021. He gets hired as the Washington coach, and at Washington, he went 11 and two and 14 and one this season. So he's been fantastic. He's got two bowl wins, including the Rose Bowl this year with Washington. And I really, I think it's a fantastic hire for Alabama, to be honest. I think he was doing, it's, it's tough to bring kids all the way out to Seattle and get kids to go to that school, even though they have a, they're a pretty prestigious school, University of Washington. But to be that good all the way out there in Seattle right now is impressive. And I think that's a really good hire for Alabama. I'm bummed he's in the SEC. I don't want to see Alabama to continue to do well, but I think it's a really good hire for them. The good news is we felt bad for Washington as soon as we heard about it. They reloaded, man. Did you did you hear who they hired? No, please, please let me know. Break the news they to me live on the show. Immediately hired Jed Fish, the coach from Arizona. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man, what a hire! Yes, we were, I agree. We as soon as I heard that, year. I went. That makes sense because, of course, we saw Arizona start three and three this season and then win out, including beating Oklahoma in their bowl game. And he's interesting. I mean, that's he he came from San Jose State where he made San Jose State a whole lot better than San Jose State usually was uh, mm. with not a whole lot of resources there. That's not a school that has a whole lot of money. Uh, so he was pretty good there. They Obviously, he went to Arizona. Now, here's an interesting thing. We've seen players jump from teams and move because of the transfer portal. You're able to just go with the coach you want to go with, right? You can follow him. We saw Caleb Williams do it with USC coming from Oklahoma. So he's got a quarterback or had a quarterback down there in Arizona that was a true freshman this year, Noah Fifida, mm -hmm. and he's really good. He's really good. I think he had 28 eight touchdowns and six interceptions this year, including throwing for over 500 yards against Arizona State in their rivalry game and over 300 yards against Oklahoma in the bowl game. There is a possibility this dude jumps, and he might come with his wide receiver. So we'll see Ooh. what happens. I know. I've been reading about it. because Especially with Michael Penix Jr. out in Washington. Like he's right, exactly. Exactly. That so that's, that's what they're saying is Fish has got the harder job up there in Washington because that they're moving to the Big Ten. And they're saying with all the players that are done with eligibility, I mean, that basically that whole team, and that's the other reason DeBoer probably left, is it was going to be a lot tougher to be good next season. Fish yeah. is now facing that task. But that's what makes it fun. I talked about it. There's going to be dominoes when Saban left. We're going to see dominoes all over college football because of this, uh, including you know the guy that got hired at Arizona. So the, the, there's another guy that got hired right on, in Fish's spot. So um, it's it's fun, man. I love silly season of college football. And this this is the beginning of it. Well, you mentioned a lot of guys. First of all, Mama Frick in the chat. What's up, Mom? Um, you, you mentioned players leaving and and having to rebuild and replace guys who left. And and you know when you have a coach leave, they'll take the players with them. Uh, we've already seen commits decommit from Alabama. We've seen players enter the transfer portal, including Alabama. Alabama's leading tackler, their freshman yeah. safety. So I'm interested to see how Alabama does with a new head coach and and considering kids are ready to are, are not ready to leave but are, are actively leaving the University of Alabama and I'm I'm curious to see where they where they end up. Matter of fact, I think South Carolina got a defensive tackle or somebody something like that from the University of Alabama in the transfer portal. So really interested to see what happens next year with a new head coach and you know the new regime and the the new the new players. You wonder how Jalen Milrow is going to come in and do under under DeBoer. So really fun stuff to come in college football. Uh, some players declared for the NFL draft in the last couple of weeks. Caleb Williams has officially declared for the draft. Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver from Ohio State, has officially entered the draft. Uh, so a, a lot of big-time college football players that we'll talk to, uh, we'll talk uh, you know, about going forward 
as we head on into the spring. Before we get into our uh, wild card weekend recap, we're going to take our first break, and then we're going to get into all four games that took place over the week. No, six games. Excuse me, six games that took place over the weekend. Some big upsets, some dominated games, and one really close game that uh, was was not only surprising by its its uh, greatness, but was one of the most viewed games and, and viewed events uh, in recent history on on your television set. So let's take our first break. We come back. Wild Card Weekend recap right here on Taff House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Reminder, if you are live in the in, in this podcast with us, leave a comment wherever it is that you're watching live uh, and join the conversation. Uh, Trey Tolls want to remind me that South Carolina also got a transfer from Florida State. We had a kid transfer to Florida State and then transfer back to South Carolina from Florida State. Uh, and, of course, I can't say his name, but he played in all 14 games for Florida State this year. So it'll be interesting to see. I what, hate the what transfer portal. I hate it. Yeah, you're going to – and especially considering, like, you would have to imagine. I I don't know how it's going to work because you aren't allowed to transfer twice without sitting a year. So you wonder if it's because if they're going to give him a waiver because Florida State was going to be put on probation. If no, he's going to be able to uh, play this year at all. So uh, that's possible. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. I, I wonder uh, if that's what the situation is. There's there's other waivers for like coaching changes and things like that, but obviously not happening in Florida State. So yeah. Uh, real quick, shout out. A lot of people aren't aren't going to be in the chat tonight. I say a lot of people. There are some people who are not going to be live watching with us tonight that normally are. AEW Dynamite is taking place in Charleston, South Carolina at the North Charleston Coliseum tonight. So a lot of folks there watching wrestling have already had three messages come through uh, while we've been on the air, uh, pictures of the arena and stuff like that. So enjoy, enjoy your live wrestling. Listen, I took Bill to a live wrestling show and he loved it. So everybody's going to have a good time watching AEW Dynamite. Let's get into the NFL wildcard weekend. Uh, Guys, I really, uh, guys and gals, I really want you to join this conversation because we're going to, we're going to talk in depth about every one of these games uh, because there were some, there were some crazy games all weekend. As a matter of fact, I think all, every game was crazy this weekend. No. One of the best, one of the, I, I say one of the yeah. best wildcard weekends, we weren't expecting most of the outcomes, especially with as lopsided as they were. Uh, so that's why to me, it was one of the best wildcard weekends because we saw some, some crazy upsets in the way that they took place. Uh, I agree, Pedro, the Packers game was insane. We're going to get that in here in a second. Let's start off. In order of which in, in which the games were played, and let's start off the Houston Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns as the first wild card game of the offseason. And Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns turned into Joe Flacco and whoever he plays for as the Browns take a beating by the rookie-led Houston Texans. If you're watching the show live, you or, or whether you're watching now or later on YouTube. You can see the stat lines. Some of the stat lines are going to be coming across the bottom line of the screen. But, Bill, I we didn't watch this game together. But what a beatdown that the Cleveland Browns took. Like I said, Joe Flacco came back down to earth. But what were your thoughts on this game? Well, I feel like the Carolina Panthers should feel really stupid at this point. Oh, come on now. 
I mean, CJ Stroud, man. Dang. Dang. <sighs> I know. I know. Again. We're not listen, having this argument listen, again. Yeah, our are. podcast, yours truly said, I think CJ Stroud is the best in this group. It's on the podcast. We can go back and listen to it. I, should, I'm aware. You should pull that. Yeah, I mean, that's because mm-hmm. uh, it should be in the on the, the Spotify. Like CJ Stroud is, it, it should be. It should be. It's your job, Ryan. Uh, unbelievable by this kid. Unbelievable. 157.2 passer rating in this game against the number one defense in the NFL. His QBR was 98.4. That's a max of 100. I mean, this guy Ooh. was almost perfect. And that's in his first playoff game in his first season. All the pressure on him. I am blown away by this kid. I'm not surprised. I, this is weird. I'm not surprised because of this, the performance we saw. He carried the Ohio State team against Georgia in his final college football game. And that's when I decided this guy's the dude. I watched that game, the Georgia game, and I was like, wow, this guy can really play. He can really play. But this is the next level, man. This is pretty impressive. I can't wait to see him play again this week. What happened to the Browns? Like, What happened to their defense? Seriously, what happened? Because it looked terrible. Yeah. It did not good. For starters, you need to listen to the latest episode of The Cat Cave over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel yeah, or Bryce Young, the, Keep, Bryce the Keep Pounding Podcast Network because Ugh. we talked about the fact that it doesn't matter if you had Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady behind that offensive line. Don't care. Anybody would it, it wouldn't. I'm not saying Bryce Young would have looked like C.J. Stroud, but C.J. Stroud would have looked like Bryce Young playing for the Panthers this year. I, I'm just going to. I want to pull the statistics of how long CJ Stroud has to throw. I do know this. The starting center that plays for Houston right now frustrates me because he is an ex-Miami Dolphin. He could not crack the starting lineup of the Miami Dolphins' terrible offensive line in the last three years. He goes, he was a guard. Uh, he, his name is Michael Dieter. He was drafted out of Wisconsin. I know enough about this guy that he frustrates yeah. me. But now he's the starting center. I know he's not good. And I'm sure watching that game, I mean, you're talking a great defensive line for the Cleveland Browns. Of course, you got Miles Garrett and and others of that defensive front. Listen, we we can we can get on the subject of of, of CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young until we're blue in the face. I know CJ Stroud in this Carolina game, blue in the face. Stop it. Uh, Two hundred seventy four <laughs> passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't believe he took a sack in this game. Uh, you know, again, you're led by a bunch of rookies. Nico Collins led receivers for the Houston Browns. Uh, I'm sorry, the Houston Texans in this game. Six receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown in this game for Nico Collins. If you look on the other side of the ball, you know, because you can say that the Browns' uh, defense sort of failed them, but the offense failed them. Both. I mean, yeah, four, it was both. You had 14 points scored in the third in yeah. the third quarter thanks to back-to-back inter, uh, pick sixes from Joe Flacco. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was amazing. Everybody was 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 praising Joe Flacco, you know, wondering what the Browns were going to do at quarterback next year. Do they keep uh, Deshaun Watson? Do they yes. roll with Joe Flacco? And it's not happening after this game. Joe Flacco uh, turned into the pumpkin that he is. Now, he did have 307 passing yards in this game with two with, with, with a touchdown. But he was sacked four times, and he had two interceptions in this game. I mean, they held Kareem Hunt to 3.3 yards a carry. Uh, just uh, really, really abysmal on, on offense for the Cleveland Browns in this game. And a lot of it had to do with Joe Flacco. But, you know, the Cleveland, again, the Houston Texans look impressive. Now they get to travel to Baltimore, and we really get to see if Cleveland just ran out of gas down the stretch or if Houston is going to be able to compete. I don't expect them to beat the Ravens. Spoiler alert before we get to the, to the divisional round later in the show. Uh, but but I guess, I guess I should ask, where do the Browns go from here? I mean, do they stick with Deshaun Watson? Do they try to do they try to get somebody in the draft? Like, what do the Browns do 
after what, which, what was an overachieving, impressive season uh, with, with so, at, at times a fluttering offense and a, and a smothering defense, what, what's next for them? If, yeah, if they, I, think, I think you just try to reload. I, I think you just go into Sean Watson. I think you're paying him, so you better. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy. You're going to get uh, not Kareem Hunt. You're going to get Nick Chubb back, and hopefully he's back to his form. I mean, he did get hurt early in the season. We thought their season was over after that, and then Deshaun Watson goes down. We really thought it was over, and then they went in the you know, they made the playoffs. The roster's good. I just think you have to reload and go with Watson, and, and just hopefully people stay healthy. I mean, we, we talked about injuries a lot on this show, and I think if they're all healthy, I think that's a much better Browns team. Obviously. I mean, Nick Chubb is aged at this point, and yeah, but he's, uh, he's so much better than Kareem Hunt, though. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. That's why they didn't re-sign Kareem Hunt in the offseason. Right, right. Uh, quick reminder: if you're watching the show live with us, first of all, thank you, and second of all, leave a comment wherever it is you're listening or watching, so that you can join the conversation. We're talking a wild card weekend in the NFL from this past weekend in January of 2024, and this is the game that Bill doesn't want to talk about. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> no, I want to talk about it. Hosting the Miami Dolphins. I'm sure Bill has a lot of opinions. Um, you know, before we even start getting in exactly what happened in this game, this game was close at halftime. I believe it was only a, what a nine 16 to ten point. To seven. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a what's that nine points? It was a nine point yeah. game at halftime. So it wasn't completely out of reach. But Bill, I know that that a lot of people on social media and you sort of agree with it that if they were gonna postpone the Bills and Steelers game, which they did then there was no reason why they couldn't postpone this game into the original slot of the Steelers-Bills game. Uh, but they chose not to, and they played in frigid temperatures. I believe it was, what, the second coldest game in NFL history. The The snow had to be removed off of the field. You could tell when, when cleats were ripping the grass up that it was like ice, especially in the end zone. You knew that they were going to be looking at the press box because of Taylor Swift being in the box, and they would have to open the windows because <laughs> – they had the heat blaring in the, in the, in the luxury box yeah. and was fogging up the windows, Bill. Um, unfortunate and an unfortunate end of the season for your Miami Dolphins. I had them picked uh, going to the Super Bowl after about week eight. Uh, so there goes my AFC championship pick. Uh, give us your, your initial thoughts and, and, and anything else that you want to say about this Chiefs 26 Dolphins 7 wildcard game that took place last weekend. I mean, it's just a Dolphins failure. It was a failure. They they didn't look good on on offense at all, and that's supposed to be the strength of that team. The defense, remarkably, with all the injuries they had, they started uh, five of their starters that started day one of you know the season. They had six backups in the game, and they were able to hold Kansas City to four field goals uh, as Kansas City pretty much did what they wanted on offense. I mean, if they had scored touchdowns, this game would have been a whole lot worse. Oh, but yeah. they held them to four field goals, so they were kind of a bend don't break offense or defense, and and that worked. Kept Miami in the game, and Tua just didn't look good. It just didn't look good. It's okay. It's okay. I, I don't feel like that's terrible, but I mean, it was a, it was a weird game because of how cold it was. And, and just, uh, it felt like it just got away from Miami and they just really couldn't do anything that they wanted to do on offense. They're going to have to take a look at themselves after that one and just see what they can do better. I mean, it's been happening in a lot of the games they played good teams and here it was again. And I mean, I'm not saying I didn't expect it. It's it's kind of weird. I actually thought going into the game, like, I hope we win, but I really don't feel like we're going to. So I had, had it not been so cold and I'm not going to put this blame on Tua as a, a non cold weather quarterback. Cause that's a lot of the knock that he's getting. The cold weather took away what the Miami Dolphins do best. They took away the speed 
of this mm-hmm. team. When you look at the offense, they held Raheem Mostert at 4.1 yards a carry. There was one drive where they let Raheem Mostert drive it up the field, and then they just stopped, and they had to give the ball away. Uh, Tua Valoa only ha- had under 200 yards, just under 200 yards passing in this game. Tyreek Hill only had five catches in this game for 62 yards and the lone touchdown for the Dolphins. Uh, the, that's what the cold weather is going to do. When, when you have a team that that is that is, you know, that harps on being warm and loose and being able to get down the field fast, it didn't happen. I mean, when you look at the time of possession, Kansas City controlled the clock in this game. They had yep. they had this the the ball for Pacheco almost had a nice game. almost ten minutes more than the Miami Dolphins. Isaiah Pacheco on the ground averaged he only averaged three point seven yards a carry, but they fed him twenty four times in this yeah. game. So they tried to manage this game on the ground and keep the ball away from Miami. And they did a good job. Again, Miami one for 12 on third down. So they could not convert on third down. And they were constantly giving the ball back to the Kansas City Chiefs. Meanwhile, you, you mentioned Kansas City uh, got got what they needed to get done on offense outside of putting it in the end zone. Like you said, this game could have been out of hand like the Texans-Browns game had, had Kansas City been able, been able to find the end zone. I think the big news, I, I, the big story out of Kansas City is that we've been waiting for another weapon to come out of this offense since the departure of Tyreek Hill. We knew what Travis Kelsey can do, but Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. He might have three more years in the NFL, and then they're going to have to move on. Now, granted, they do have a couple of backup tight ends that at times come in and, and play well in relief of Kelsey and alongside Kelsey on the field. But the weapon that Kansas City has been looking for is is officially arrived. Rasheed Rice, rookie wide receiver, eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown in this game. I mean, the dude, we, we saw the guy come in strong late in the season, and I think officially the Kansas City Chiefs have found their next, I wouldn't call him the next Tyreek Hill, but they found their next offensive weapon that uh, that, that that Patrick Mahomes can rely on and, and can help ride this offense to a potential uh, another Super Bowl run, Bill. What say you? How do you how do you feel about what I said about Rasheed Rice and and is, is Kansas City a legit threat for the Super Bowl at this point? I'm not sure they're a le- well. Let's. Uh, I think everybody's a legit threat for the Super Bowl at this point. I don't think you can count anybody out. You're talking about the last eight teams, uh, so anybody could win at this point. I, you, you've won a playoff game unless you are a one seed, which means you were good in the regular season. But Rasheed Rice, uh, I. I mean, I had him on one of my fantasy teams. Uh, I saw that he was becoming guys. I think I saw a report about week four or five that he was becoming the focal point or at least the second option in their offense receiving wise. And we know that Mahomes, how good he is, right? So he's not going to throw every single pass to Kelsey. So somebody else is going to have to catch it. And if there's a second option in, the, in that offense, I want to have him on my fantasy team. And I did. And he's looked better and better every single week. And he started to be a consistent scorer to going down the stretch and had a fantastic playoff game. I'm not surprised. I, I hope Miami's defense wasn't surprised because if they were, then I'm a better scout than Big Fangio, which maybe, I mean, maybe I can see better at this point because Fangio's defense didn't look a lot of times in that game like they knew what was going on. Um, but again, a lot of, lot of uh, injuries on that, on that field. So yeah, I, I think with Patrick Mahomes, you can never count the guy out. I can't, I cannot wait to watch them play the game this weekend. That's, that's a game that I want to watch and I'm looking forward to that. So boy, well, Spoiler I think alert. yes, Ryan. I think yes, because I think Buffalo is beatable. So, yeah, spoiler alert the, the Kansas City is going to travel to Buffalo this weekend and then yeah. get another rematch. What do you say to the people who want to throw out conspiracy theories that the game was in the was, was fixed, the fix was in for Kansas City because we wanted to see another Kansas City Buffalo rematch? I don't uh, love the fix. I don't, I don't love the fix 
thing. Do I think there were a lot of questionable calls, a lot of odd calls that went Kansas City's way? Absolutely. Uh, including the the helmet break issue where Kansas City should have I don't want to say penalized, but at let's least let's talk about it because we haven't we we kind of we've glossed over, but we haven't really talked about it. Patrick Mahomes gets cracked in the second half. Yeah, cracked so hard that his helmet literally breaks. And there is a rule that says that his he has to come off the field. They have to change out the equipment, uh, or at least call a timeout in order to be able to correct it. None of it happened. They did right. not charge Kansas City a timeout, and they were able to find a replacement uh, replacement helmet in short notice for Patrick Mahomes. Now he would he would be rushed on the next play because the, the helmet didn't fit right. But uh, you know, it any other team if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes. They probably would have would have enforced the rule, and and I you know that kind of goes that. to the point. Not only that, but you've got a player that actually broke a helmet on the field, and the spotter that's supposed to be in the stands watching for head injuries and things like that doesn't question it at all. They didn't pull him out of the game. They never took him to the blue tent to evaluate him anything. He broke his helmet, but with a helmet to helmet contact from a defender. Now, granted, Mahomes lowered his head to make contact there. Yeah. Uh, so it really wasn't on the defender. They just came, you know, they clashed helmets because the, the defender actually who had his head up just, you know, came together. Uh, but it, it, there were a lot of people in the media that said, why is he not being evaluated for, you know, a possible concussion when his helmet's broken? Like that's, <laughs> it's a little odd. The whole thing ended up being odd. And then you had a couple phantom uh, roughing the passer calls. I mean, it, it started to get really swayed. I think you and I were watching it together, and I didn't say anything. I was just kind of being quiet because my expectation was that Miami would lose that game. But yeah. you even said, like, this is really being called one way. So I jumped on X or Twitter. Twitter, and, whatever you want And just looked. Yeah. I literally looked up the word refs. And it was just not nothing about Miami, Kansas City, nothing, just refs. And it was a massive, like a laundry list, including one by Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick said something about how the refs were were giving this one to Kansas City. Um, and you know, Lewis Riddick, obviously the NFL, you know, uh, analyst, professional yeah. analyst. Yeah. So, whatever. I didn't. I just said, well, it, this is what uh, this is what happens. I'm not saying the fix was in. I'm just saying that it became painfully obvious to people that things started to really go Kansas City's way towards the end of that game. Officials wise, I'm not blaming them. Miami didn't look good on offense, obviously. And there went it wasn't because they were calling penalties against the Dolphins and they weren't moving the ball. I don't think it would have changed the outcome, but it definitely looked like uh there were some things that were questionable, but we've seen that all year. Yep. Yeah, again, the integrity of the game is is not non-existent when the officiating is bad. And I it, it'll it we'll talk about it again uh when we talk Lions Rams because I've got a one lot for of you, so, same thing with social media. Uh, calling for the, the the fix being in for the Rams uh, against the Lions. Uh, in I, favor I do Lions. have an interesting inter- interesting statistic for you, Ryan. Have you heard about the uh, the weather effects on the fans? Remember we talked about it. I felt like, honestly, and I kept saying this, and you talked about it, the game wasn't moved to what would have been the next day, which it probably would have been warmer if it was in the daylight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ridiculous temperatures there in Kansas City, and they continue to play the game because, of course, the NFL wants its money, and this is in prime time. And they probably told Peacock, hey, you can have this game that's going to be in prime time, so it's going to be worth a lot of money to you. There's going to be a lot of people watching. I believe Peacock paid $110 million for this game. Well, and, and it was the most streamed live sporting event ever. $25 million. Yeah. yeah, $25 million is what I heard. Um but at the same time, that's probably why it wasn't moved. It probably follow the money. That's probably why the NFL didn't do anything. The game resulted in over 70 emergency calls from their fans uh, with issues with either hyperthermia or fro- uh, hypothermia or frostbite, which included 15 hospital visits for treatment, uh, some nearing fatal conditions. 
So terrible idea for the NFL to put their fans in that situation. Awful, awful, awful. Nobody cares. Nobody's ever going to care. The NFL is a horrible they, place. It's just at terrible. least they got that check from NBC and P. Exactly. All it is is about the money. Well, let's let's go to the next game here. Uh, the other surprising game, well, one of the other surprising games, the Green Bay Packers beat the Dallas Cowboys 48-32, to but this game was not as close as this score dictates. <laughs> Surprise! The, the Cowboys were down 48-16 to in the fourth quarter. They were down so bad that Green Bay put their backups in, and Dallas scores 16 points in the fourth quarter, and Green Bay says, hold on, wait a second, let's yeah. put Jordan Love and Aaron Jones back in. Let's make sure yeah. we can... We can get this clock to go away. Yeah. But, you know, Dak Prescott doing Dak Prescott things. He did throw for 403 yards, but he also threw two interceptions. He had four sacks in the game. Uh, they couldn't got the, get the ball really going on the ground. Tony Pollard, 3.7 yards a carry. Uh, the star wide receiver is going to do what he does. C.D. Lamb gets nine catches for 110 yards. But the big story, uh, the big story, uh, real quick, first of all, Mama Fricks and her, her, her Packers won, I guess. She became a Packers fan, I guess, around Christmas Eve when we were at your house. I'm kidding, Mom. Um, the 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 big, I think the big news coming out of, of Dallas here is that the utilization of the tight end position, Jake Ferguson, looks like the second coming of Jason Witten. Ten catches, 93 yards, both career highs, and three touchdowns in this game. But the Cowboys could not stop a single drive for the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love had a perfect passer rating at one point in this game. I think he threw one incomplete pass towards the end of the game when they brought him back in. Uh, but Aaron Jones doing Aaron Jones things when when Matthew Barry says free Aaron Jones, they did almost, almost six yards a carry for 118 yards. Uh, the Packers dominate the Dallas Cowboys, and yet another disappointing out for the Dallas Cowboys. Bill, what's your thoughts on the Cowboys once again letting their fan base down in a time when they need them the most? I think it's crazy if you look at the statistics. And if I told you that your team gained 510 yards, had 37 first downs, 37. That's insanity. Yeah. I think the uh, the Buccaneers won a blowout with 23. Yeah, 37? 37. So I told you that. And they scored 32 points. You would think, wow, how how bad did we beat the other team? Oh, no, you lost by 16. <laughs> it's crazy, real, right? So real quick, Mama Frick wants to make it clear she's been a Packers fan since the late '80s. I'm just giving her a hard time. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I'm I'm with you though. Like it's you, it was crazy. I I think the turning point in that game, even though the Packers had played really really well at this the beginning of that game, they were up twenty to nothing before you could blink. Mm -hmm. uh, Darnell Savage had a 64 yard pick six. Obviously, the Cowboys were moving the ball. It was the middle of the second quarter. They're headed down towards uh, towards the end of the second quarter. They're headed down to, to uh, possibly get this, make this game a whole lot closer, maybe 20 to seven. And Darnell Savage pick six, 64 yards, and 27 to nothing. At that point, you're just like, eh. I mean, you don't stick a yeah, because Green Bay misses Dallas. the extra point at that point too. Yeah. Well, no, they did get the extra point. They they missed a previous one, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 That's but, right. Yeah, the, they got the extra point on that one. But you're thinking, man, it was about to go one way for Dallas. You're like, here they come, and the comeback's going to happen. And then that was kind of – I don't want to say it was the the dagger, but it did it the feel dagger. like it. It did feel like it. It really did. And then that, obviously that at that point they come out for the second half, and then Green Bay continues to put it on them. 48-16 at one point, just absolutely insane. Like you said, they put in the backups. I saw a meme, Ryan, that was uh, – it said the the uh, this is I was telling uh, Tim Costello about this uh, yesterday, and I, he, it was uh, 
it was a meme that said, here's how you sum up the Dallas Cowboys Green Bay Packers game. And it was a picture of a Packers wide receiver with all this green grass around him just waiting for the ball. Yep. And they just blew so many coverages. It was, everybody was wide open. It's like, man. I, oh, the dude, the dude had a 30-yard radius around him. It yeah. was a tight end with Crazy. a 30-yard radius. Crazy. Locked in the end zone. Waited for, yeah. It's just terrible. The, Dallas played a terrible football game defensively. Mike McCarthy, man. How do you feel about him? Well, for, for starters, the Cowboys were about to go down, go into halftime 27 nothing. They scored a t- touchdown with no time left to bring it 27 to 7. They announced earlier today that Mike McCarthy will be returning as the next head as the head coach for the Dallas Amazing. Cowboys next Amazing. season. I believe that next year, if Mike McCarthy doesn't win a playoff game, I, I think it could be the end for Mike McCarthy in Dallas. But another disappointing out in the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys, I believe. They haven't made it to an NFC Championship game since Tony Romo was in was in, was in the league, um, like mid two thousand. It might be be longer than that, but nevertheless, the Green Bay Packers now travel to the one seed, San Francisco 49ers. It should be mentioned that they are the first seven seed since the playoffs expanded to seven teams a few years ago to advance to the next round. Which meant that if the three seed got the win, they would be hosting another playoff game. And fellow NFC North, uh, I guess, uh, participant, the NFC North champion Detroit Lions, the 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 three seed, did just that. They got a twenty-four to twenty-three look at win. Smile. Look at this smile over the LA Rams. Listen, it was the best game of the weekend. If you look it at was scores, great great this game. was the best game of the weekend. And I have a stat as far as people people were tuned into this game, and we just talked about the fact that the Cowboys have not won, have not made it the NFC Championship game in forever uh i i just mentioned that i think if they don't win a playoff game next season it could be the end of mike mccarthy in detroit detroit hadn't won a playoff game since 1991 or 1992 um when you, when people when you talk about people tuning into this game 35.8 million viewers it was tv's most watched primetime show since Super Bowl, I believe LV, LV2, L, L7, was that 57 Super Bowl 57? Is that right? Yep. Or is that it's last year's Super Bowl? Last yeah. year's Super Bowl. Yep. So yeah, it's the most 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 watched primetime event since last year's Super Bowl on television. This game was crazy. The, the Lions go up 14 to 3 in the first quarter, but they cannot stop the big play from Matthew Stafford in the Rams. Uh, they hit, I, I can't remember, they hit Puka Nakua for a huge touchdown. That guy's insane. In this first half that, that let the Rams come back in. Uh, Bill, give us your thoughts on the Rams because one thing you can say about the LA Rams is that they never went away in this game. And despite Cooper Cup being on the field, uh, he did not have a touchdown. The touchdowns go to Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. But these Rams, man, these Rams did not go away in this game. And they gave Detroit and the Detroit, Detroit faithful at four field, all they could handle in mm-hmm. this game. Uh, the Rams, I mean, this is a microcosm of their entire season, isn't it? I mean, it, they just never went away all season. We thought that the Rams were in trouble at times, and they, I mean, like you said, it was 21-10 to 10 at one point, and, it, and Detroit looked good. And then Matthew Stafford came out slinging and found Puka Nakua. I mean, 181 yards receiving. Come on. Nine this guy catches. look like a rookie? Does this guy look like a rookie? Not at all. He scares me. But, I mean, moving forward, wow. But uh, they did a great job. I mean, it was such it was such a fun game, and I know you were stressing. I mean, I, you guys went up twenty four to ten. 
or I'm sorry, 21 to 10, and then it was 24-17. And it, it felt like, you know, Detroit kind of still had it in hand. And then 24-20, 24-23, and Detroit just stopped playing offense. And you're like, what's happening? What's happening? And, and I'm sure you were sweating, man. We weren't well, together for this one, but they held, I mentioned on. It, they held on. I mentioned it stuff. in a group chat. I said, listen, uh, LA is going to come down the field. They're going to kick a field goal to take the 26-24 lead. Detroit's going to get it back. Jared's going to Jared Goff's going to throw an interception. You're not allowed There's to say your that. Ball game. You're not allowed to say that because you use that same thing for Spencer Rattler when they're playing. It worked games. though. He's throw an interception. <laughs> and it, right. but it happened. True. That's the point. And so I manifested it. And instead, on like a second down or second or third down, the Rams or the the Lions elect to throw the ball, hit Amon Ross St. Brown for the first down right at the two minute warning. The Rams out of timeouts, and Detroit rides the uh, victory formation to the to the win. I mean, listen, there were no turnovers in this game. This is a clean game. It was a great game. From both teams, Jared Goff had had a, uh, had a touchdown, almost 300 yards passing. They relied on the run game. David Montgomery, 57 yards, 4.1 yards a carry. Amon Ross St. Bat Brown, again, doing what he does. Seven catches, 110 yards. You talk about guys that will be first-round draft picks in next year's fantasy football draft. You're looking at Puka Nakua and Amon Ross St. Brown because these guys, all they do is catch passes, and gain yards. Let's see. We got another comment in the chat here. Uh, Mom, again, really excited for the Lions. Can't help but to pull for them. Considering they haven't they haven't hosted a playoff game in Ford Field. It was their first time. They haven't won a playoff game in 30-some-odd years. Uh, I was, again, 1991, so I was four years old. This was what five years before the Panthers were even an organization, a team in the NFL. So congratulations to all of the, uh, the Lions fans uh, specifically the ones who have, have been struggling a lot longer than I have as a Lions fan. And your NFC North champion Detroit Lions are going to be hosting the uh, the, the the winner of the Bucks eagles game that we're going to talk about here in a second. So they're going to get to host two playoff games, and apparently it is the most expensive division-around playoff game ticket that you can get right now because – M&M is driving up the prices. Oh, well, Eminem, <laughs> the Detroit Lions in general. I mean, you got to think yeah. the Lions have People never lost. The yeah. Lions have never lost at home at Ford Field. Think about that right now. The Lions have never lost a playoff game a po- at oh. Ford Field. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Max, I think the, the – so so we talked about the, the Chiefs, uh, Dolphins, and how everybody thought the fix was in. It, the audacity for fans on social media, the same thing if you search refs during this game – Social media thought that the referees had it out for the LA Rams. There was a game, there was a play in this game where Matt Stafford was in a little bit late. He was kind of like just absolutely assaulted. It looked like his eyes rolled in the back of his head. Uh, he got hit by Aiden Hutchinson and then hit high, I believe, by Aline McNeil. Uh, went into the medical tent, came back out, uh, beat up ribs. He was holding his side for a lot of the game. He was booed by Detroit faithful as he came on for warmups and the, the Detroit fans felt slighted after the game because he didn't say, I'm happy for the Lions fans. Like, like it was a big deal. Like, I, it's so hard to explain, like, what it is to, to be happy about a team winning a game that nobody ever saw happening because it had been so long. And then to watch people crap on the fact that you thought the NFL and the officials would rather see a, a team from a big market like Los Angeles not move forward in the playoffs in lieu of a Detroit Lions team who hadn't won a playoff game in 30 years. And then the audacity for Lions fans to be upset about the fact that Matt Stafford didn't come and kiss your rear end after the game because fans fans booed him and cheered when he got hurt. 
Like the Matt Stafford and the Rams are going to come back to Detroit next season during the regular season. And that's when Lions fans can finally give Matt Stafford their flowers. But the audacity for, I mean, it's, it's narcissism, man. It's these, it's these fans who expect everyone to kind of bend over for them and, and you, you should be able to spit in their face and, and ask them to thank you for it. And it's, it's just absurd, but let's, let's move on here. The Lions get a big win and get to host another playoff game this off season. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers. Bill, I'm going to rely on you on you with this one because I didn't get to watch a lot of this game. I forgot exactly what I was doing during this game on Monday afternoon. I might, might have been recording uh, wrestling shows with PJ Steven that day. This game was postponed from, I believe, Sunday at 1 o'clock to Monday afternoon at 4.30. Uh, the Steelers fall short. Buffalo Bills 31, Pittsburgh Steelers 17. Uh, from what it looks like, Josh Allen played, did Josh Allen things. The Steelers made it close. In the fourth quarter after the game, uh, the only part of the press conference I saw with with uh, with Mike Tomlin was uh, at the end of the press conference. One reporter went to ask, "You're in the last year of your contract," and she couldn't even finish her question. And Tomlin kind of rolled his eyes and walked off the stage. Uh, Shannon Smith in the chat saying, "I didn't miss much by missing this game." Uh, Bill, what were your thoughts? Buffalo Bills now hosting the Kansas City Chiefs after this win here against the Steelers. We got a little bit of controversy in this game, Ryan. Let's hear it. uh, So, well, let's just first say that I think this game was a little bit closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Of course, it was was a seven point game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was twenty four. It was twenty four seventeen with ten thirty to ten thirty two to go in the fourth. Uh, Was when finally Buffalo put up the final touchdown. Uh, But yeah, there was a play, a fifty two yard touchdown run by Josh Allen in the second quarter where he faked a slide. Oh, that's that's illegal in college, is it not? It's not illegal in the NFL. It wasn't like, illegal. I guess it will be now. It a few years ago, and they had to make a rule to say, don't do this. Uh, he faked the slide. The two defenders that were within 10 yards uh, basically stopped. They they hesitated. Uh, it wasn't a cut or anything. He went like this, and, and you know, oh, he's going to slide, and immediately took off running. And the, yeah. And uh, the, the two defenders, they stopped, and he took off and scored a 52-yard touchdown on that play. Uh, so there was some controversy. The the obviously the Twitter verse went nuts. The X verse, and people are upset about it. And likely we'll see if there's a rule change. If you fake a slide, you know, 15 yard penalty like they made it in uh, college football. I think it was personal foul when you do it in college football now. After mm-hmm. Pickett used it for a touchdown in his uh, bowl game. Yep. But uh, yeah, so there was that's controversy. And the reason I feel like that's really controversial is because that touchdown was huge. Because it, it would have meant uh, if that had been a problem or if he would have gotten tackled there, which he would have. If you watch the replay, there's two guys right there. So they kind of yeah. look like, whoa, he's not going to, he's going to go down. And then, and on the next, uh, the next slide that he did, he got hit. So the next time he slid, they were like, well, he's not really going to slide. Look what he did to us before. And they got a personal foul. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, it was kind of a problem. So a little bit of controversy. The game was really close, man. 368 yards gained for Buffalo, 324 to Pittsburgh. Uh, 24 first downs to Pitt, Pittsburgh's two, uh, 22. Uh, Pittsburgh did turn the ball over twice. George Pickens fumbled on a really goofy, like he got hit in the back. Nobody touched the ball and he just dropped it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously Rudolph threw an interception. But I mean, like I said, it was 24 to 17 in the fourth quarter. I think Pittsburgh put up a lot bigger fight than anybody expected it to. And that's why I still think Buffalo is beatable. I don't think that they're as good as everybody think they, they are, uh, thinks they are. And we'll see what happens this weekend. I mean, you got Mahomes coming up to Buffalo, both cold weather teams ready for it. It'll be fun. Yeah, listen, it's uh, it's unfortunate for the way that that to me, it's unfortunate for the way that the season worked out for the Miami Dolphins having. Oh, let's stop talking about that. I'm, uh, we're on to the Gators. The Gators. Well, 
that it, the Buffalo Bills have just not gone away. They didn't go away in this game. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that similar to the tush push, this fake slide will get brought into uh, the rules committee next season uh, before before next season to make sure that we don't we don't see this again. Because yeah. again, with the integrity of the game being what it is, you got to make sure that this isn't allowed to happen. Because imagine if Jalen Hurts does that, and then next the next play he gets he gets lit up, and uh, maybe he doesn't come back in the game. Speaking of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, you talk about the epic collapse of all epic collapses. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go uh, get to host a playoff game as a nine and eight division champion, and they blow out the Philadelphia Eagles in which is what is most likely Jason Kelsey's last game in the NFL as a starting center. Uh, I, I did get to watch a lot of this game. It wasn't interesting because the game was never close. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 250 passing yards, a touchdown. He was sacked three times. Uh, DeAndre Swift looked more like the DeAndre Swift in Detroit with 3.4 yards of carry. Uh, every, the concern was A.J. Brown didn't play in this game because of a knee injury, and I told a buddy of mine, don't worry, Devontae Smith will be fine, and he was, 148 yards on eight catches. But I think the story out of this game is where did this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense come from? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they were they were – Left for dead, uh, you know, three weeks with the season left to go. You didn't know who was going to win that division. And then Baker Mayfield, 337 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he was sacked four times, but no interceptions for Baker Mayfield. He had 72 yards uh, rushing on the ground from Rashad White. And not Mike Evans, not Chris Godwin, your leading receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cade Auten, eight catches for 89 yards. Now, you did have a touchdown from Chris Godwin in this game, but Baker Mayfield is just spreading the ball around here in Tampa Bay. And at one point, Philadelphia was the last undefeated team in the NFL. They were the one seed in the NFC. All things were going right. And now all things, the, the wheels have completely come off in Philadelphia as they are now out of the playoffs alongside NFC East brethren, the Dallas Cowboys. Bill, uh, when you look at this game, is it more of of the fact that something something went drastically wrong in about week 12 for the Eagles? Or are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all of a sudden a real contender here? I, I'm not even... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are... They're the least... Uh, the least contender? The smallest contender? They're the, the least one team likely really to be a contender. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. The yeah. They're, they're the team that I don't think has a shot really to win the Super Bowl. Um, however, good job, Baker Mayfield. Uh, again, egg on Carolina's face. It's all over. The Panthers just look terrible. They gave like their stadium away and like the, all of the players' houses to get Bryce Young. I think it, everything they gave him everything. And then Baker Mayfield is in freaking Tampa Bay, winning playoff games and getting a passer rating of one nineteen point eight. Just egg on your face, Carolina. Good job. Uh, I like saying that because I know you're in like cat cave and all that stuff. It's just terrible, terrible. Wow. I mean, I just, this is what when it you is. see you bad you organizations, can't... I just want to keep pointing it out. That's just you can't terrible. defend it. You can't defend it. I man. know. I mean, it's, ownership is as bad as David Tepper is. You can't really defend it. So Baker Mayfield, great. I mean, I, he wasn't super efficient in this game. He just found a lot of deep. There was a lot of deep balls. There were a lot of open players. Philadelphia just disaster again. We talked about it last week. They gave up over twenty eight points per game in the last ten games of the season, and here they are giving up thirty two to a team that scored nine the week before against Carolina. Uh, just awful awful aj brown being out i think made a difference i think that makes puts a lot of pressure yeah. on defenses he's a great wide receiver uh that they really didn't have a second option other than goddard and goddard just doesn't look like goddard he was injured earlier in the season and he hasn't been that great uh yeah i did truly david i mean throw a drink you know david tepper throw a drink on the fans tour 
Um, what did he get paid? Fine three hundred thousand dollars or something. Yeah, like I mean the last the last time a cup cost somebody that much money, there were two girls involved with it. Oh, <laughs> please continue. <laughs> please continue about no. Let, let's let's get back talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's it's just it's outstanding what they've been able to do, uh, considering that this team, by us at least, and by many people, were expected to finish dead last yeah. in the NFC South, yeah. and now they are in the divisional round. Traveling up to Detroit now. Granted, they played Detroit in uh, earlier in the season, lost twenty to seven on the road at Detroit as Detroit swept the entire NFC South. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure what the next step for the Philadelphia Eagles are. I mean, they're they're. I thought that game was in Tampa, Ryan. I think that game was in Tampa. Maybe it was in Tampa, and if it was, I, the I line expected still I expected Tampa to because that was when Detroit looked really good early in the season, and I expected Tampa to play well. Just don't look it up. Just don't look it up. Yeah, just don't look Um, it up. This isn't Cards Against Humanity. You don't need to know all the the references. Um, I think that was in Tampa, though, because I expected Tampa to put up a fight in that game, and they really weren't ever in it against Detroit. So we'll see what happens. But, um, I mean, I think the real story is Philly. What happens to Syrian? Like, I mean, There were fans who were prepared to lose that game. Philadelphia Eagles fans prepared to lose that game in Tampa with paper bags ready and they were caught on tv with paper bags and i mean that's crazy it's, it's how they nuts. expected to lose that game that was they the were one... they were legitimately good like they were legitimately good they were beating good teams they their last big win was buffalo in overtime which was a crazy comeback and what we didn't know is that was it that was their super bowl i, I who knew it's i that's i think that while, while we complained about the nfl and all the bad things about the nfl the fact that Something like that can happen. That kind of collapse can happen on a football team that really you, you can't point your finger at anything specific why it happened. Uh, that That's why I like coming back. I love football for that reason. So uh, I'll, one last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to our last break because we're running late and we got to get to picks for next for this coming yep. weekend. They'll be quick. But They'll be quick. It, it can't listen. It couldn't have happened to a worse fan base or a better fan base. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, a, a fan base that would, that would boo Santa Claus and, Throw snowballs at at fans just for being in your stadium. Uh, now, granted, my understanding was Buffalo Bills fans were throwing snowballs at players like while they were on the field. In yeah, that they do. Steelers they game. always do that. Uh, so, so <laughs> Buffalo same, isn't same, classy, Ryan. Yeah, same thing for Philadelphia. It couldn't have happened to a better fan base. Uh, you know, uh, sorry for the fans who like genuinely like hurt, uh, but for the real jerk fans who were so quick to get on Dallas fans about getting ousted in the first round. All of a sudden, they were nowhere to be found by said Dallas fans after they get blown out by the 9-8 and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. And speaking of this weekend, coming up next after we take our final break, we are going to look forward to the divisional round. We got four games in the NFL to pick and then Homer's Corner to close out the show when we come back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9-star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843 Three four three six three one zero. That's the number one one stop repairs. 
All right, welcome back to the final segments of the show as we get into podcast pickems, the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. Baker Bill and your guy, Bully Rye. Last week did not go well for me. I didn't get a single game right against the spread. The Steelers looked like they were going to get it for me, but I went 0-6 as Baker Bill finished the week uh, 3-3, and I believe. Uh, Baker Bill has a commanding lead. There's no way I come back 60-36, and 51-45 uh, for myself. So let's get into the first divisional game. This takes place Saturday, 4.30 kickoff. The line moved earlier today. The Texans at the Ravens. The uh, There's tied for the, the highest spread of the weekend. The Ravens, a nine-point favorite at home. The one seed taken on, I believe, the four-seed Texans. Bill, who you got here? Baltimore hosting Houston. I think the reality is, Ryan, I need to start betting on football. I think I mean, so. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Um, this one's tough because C.J. Stroud played so well. But now he goes into a hostile environment. Cold weather up in Baltimore. It's nine. That's insanity. That's insanity. But give me the Ravens in, on this one. I, j- I just can't bet against the Ravens. I can't do it. I'm with you as well. I think the Ravens are your odds-on favorite right now to win Best the team Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and especially at home, which they will be for this week and next week after they beat the Texans. Uh, it's going to be really hard to beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Give me the Ravens to win uh, nine points or more as well. Uh, next up, the other uh, Saturday game, 8-15 kickoff. The Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers, an identical spread for the other one seed. Uh, San Francisco opened up as a nine-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, give me the 49ers, man. I mean, they 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 rested players in week 18. Uh, I had a conversation on the Cat Cave this week that there was if there's a team that needed the rest, like you're always curious whether or not they, they you know, they basically got two weeks off now because they didn't play week 18. They get the bye week in, in the wild card round. Uh, are they going to be ready to play come come Saturday? And the answer for the San Francisco 49ers is yes. If there's a team who's who's always beaten up and who needs to get and stay healthy, it is the 49ers, and it helped them this week. Give me the Niners to cover this spread. Uh, Mom also wanted to say she thinks the Ravens get some win this week as well. Uh, give me the 49ers. Bill, what say you? Packers at Niners. I agree. I think the 49ers are just a better team here. I love – Jordan Love making me correct about the Packers this season. Love it. I is that is that a pun? I think it might be. I love love. Okay. Love, Do you love love, love Ryan? I love love. I don't. I listen. I for the record, I'm taking the 49ers, but I want the Green Bay Packers to win because the, if do. the Packers that win this game, then the NFC Championship is in Detroit. If the Lions were able to beat Tampa Bay, mm. then uh, I forgot then, about that part. Yeah. Yeah. Then then they would be hosting the Packers an NFC North showdown for the NFC Championship and a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Uh, Shana Smith, bang, bang, Niner gang. Yeah. Uh, is, is obviously who's going with. Speaking of, let's go Let's go back here. I was a little little off here. The Sunday, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff. We talked about it a second ago. Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Detroit Lions. And just to be sure, I want to make sure this line didn't move. The Lions, a six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, were they this morning? Yeah, they're still six-and-a-half-point favorites. Bill, what say you? Bucks at Lions, Sunday, 3 o'clock kickoff. I want to know which Buccaneers team is going to show up for this one. I don't think that's predictable. Is it, the, is it the Buccaneers team that was in Carolina last week, or is it the Buccaneers team that played at home? The only thing I can think is, hey, they're on the road and likely to get the Carolina team. So I'm going to go with the Lions on this one. I hate a six-and-a-half-point spread because I think the Lions are going to win it, but they're not. they're going to win it close just because it, I feel like that's what the Lions are doing right now. They're just making everything exciting. However, I don't feel great about the Buccaneers, and I think they're the less, the least likely to win 
a game this week. So give me the Lions, and I hate the spread. Real quick, uh, Trey Toll, same. He, he meant to say Debo Samuel gets his ring this year with the Samuel. Don't know about that one. Don't know about that um, one. Yeah, uh, mom's calling the Lions as well. Listen, I'm taking the Lions. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna take the Homer pick. Uh, they beat the they beat the Bucks twenty to seven earlier this season. Uh, Sam Laporta uh, got hurt in Week 18, was able to score a touchdown in the Wild Card game against the Rams. And we've talked about it on and off the air. As long as you get that get Laporta involved in that offense, the Lions are going to be okay because you're going to open up the field for for Amon Ross St. Brown and very quietly. The speedster, Jamison Williams, mm-hmm. is going out there and making some good catches in traffic. Yep. So if they can get Jamison Williams going, and Josh, uh, why can't I say his name? Josh, not Josh Palmer. That's not Reynolds. That's not the, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds absolutely killed it in the first half of the game against the against his former team, the Rams. Shocking that I know the roster. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Smith, the Bucks were a flash in the pan this last game. I completely agree. I think the Lions come out and they fire on all cylinders. And hopefully, then hopefully, I, Shannon, don't hate me. Hopefully, the Packers get the win, and, and we get to see Lions at Lions hosting the Packers for the NFC Championship game. So, give me the Lions as well. Finally, the Sunday night kickoff, six thirty kickoff. I'm not sure where this game is being played as far as what network goes. Uh, the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, traveling to the Buffalo Bills in the rubber match, the rubber match in the playoffs. That is, the Bills, a three point favorite at home against Kansas City. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this pick first. And you're gonna well. You you may you may you know you may be on the same page as me. I think the Chiefs win this game. Oh, we talked about the fact that the Bills are beatable. We talked about the fact that the Steelers kept that game closer than they should have. I think the Bills got hot at the right time, but I also think the Chiefs have gotten hot at the right time. I think honestly, the Chiefs beat the best team in foot in, in the AFC outside of the Ravens uh, last week. I think I think it. it, it all, all things aside, I still think the Miami Dolphins not playing in, in that frigid weather that you saw all the hospitalizations and, and weather-related uh, sick illnesses for those fans. Uh, I, I think Miami is the second-best team in the AFC, and the Chiefs beat them last week, and they beat them handily. I think they go into Buffalo, and they get the job done. Even if it's by a point, that means they, they cover the spread. Mom, Mama Frick's going with the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Chiefs. Bill, what say you? I disagree. I think I think the Bills are the better team. I think the Bills are hot right now, and I think they continue to roll. We'll see what happens next week, but I still think that the Chiefs do not have the firepower on offense to run with the Bills. But I will be rooting for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm with you. Shannon Smith says, "I hope the Chiefs lose, but I doubt it." Playoff homes, Mahomes is an animal. I'm not disagreeing with you on that as well, which is why I'm taking the Chiefs over the Buffalo Bills. And there's your. Divisional round of the NFL playoffs this coming weekend. And without further ado, my favorite part of the show is when we get to Homer's Corner. Uh, Bill, I, I I always let you go first. I'm going to go first this week with Homer's Corner because I know you're going to have a lot more to say than I am going to. I am. <laughs> my Homer's Corner goes has has more to do with with one particular guy and one particular team, and that's Jared Mayo and the genius that he is. For those oh. of you who are unaware of this situation. When Bill Belichick uh, and, and the New England Patriots decided not to move forward with him as their head coach, there was a a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Bill? There was a stipulation, a clause. A there was clause. a clause a Santa in the clause. contract of Jared Mayo. Unbelievable. That states that if if Bill Belichick is to ever leave New England, that he would be named the successor for this football team. Or kind of give him a buyout, like if he was getting fired as being a head coach. Unbelievable. Somewhere. 
And Jared Mayo, not long after Bill Belichick was, was released of his obligations with New England, was named the new head coach for the New England Patriots. I don't know if he's going to be able to do a better job than Bill Belichick, but kudos to the genius that Jared Mayo was. I don't understand why guys like Steve Wilkes didn't have that in his contract last year with Carolina, why a guy like Ejero Evero, the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, didn't have it in his contract this year, and why other guys don't have it in their contract if their head coach has moved on, that they aren't – I mean, this, what, a, what a stroke of genius. What a, what a brilliant move for Jared Mayo your new head coach for the New England Patriots. So that's my homers corner this week. Bill, uh, you're telling everybody in your homers corner segment to sort of pump the brakes a little bit. What you what you got to say in your homers corner this week? Well, we know we talked about it during the game that uh, Tua Tungavailoa didn't play well in in the game at, in Kansas City. You you feel like it was because of the cold. He really didn't have a very good last month. But people, Dolphins fans and Dolphin media are actually talking about trading Tua Tungavailoa or drafting another quarterback. You know, trading. They're talking about trading him to the Bears for the number one pick so the Dolphins could get Caleb Williams. Now, my I'm saying pump the brakes. All right. And the reason I'm going to say this, Ryan, is it is currently let, – let's, let, let's imagine it's 1992. And the Miami Dolphins go into the playoffs with an 11-5 record, just like the other three division winners in the NFL. And the first round of the playoffs, they meet a San Diego Chargers team and beat them – I'm sorry, it's actually the second round. It was after the wild card round because they had the bye as the two seed. In the second round, they beat the San Diego Chargers 31 to nothing. Now, I remember being in high school and seeing this 31 to nothing football game and going, wow. We really are good. We're good. Like this is this is our chance. We got Dan Marino. We got a team. We just we just blanked the team in the playoffs. That's not possible. Mm. Now you remember 1982 was the year that Buffalo made that really strong comeback against Houston, the, the record comeback where they were down 30, 35 to 3 and ended up winning the game 41 to 38. That was 1992. Yeah, I don't particularly remember that because I was it's the NFL record guy. for the comeback yeah. in the playoffs. Okay. So Warren Moon, it was. Warren Moon led. Yes. And Frank Reich was the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills in that game. And they were down 35 to three and came back and beat the Houston, the Houston Oilers at that time, 41 to 38. Okay. That's 1992. So yeah. they make it through Pittsburgh, who was the number one seed. They beat Pittsburgh 24 to three. Talk about really exciting playoffs. 31 to nothing to 24 to three in the second round. It's pretty bad. But they have to go to Miami to play in the AFC championship game. It's the only AFC championship game I've, I remember the Dolphins playing in as a high schooler. All right. So this is like the last time they played Miami going to that game after blanking the San Diego chargers lost the game 29 to 10. Dan Marino threw two interceptions threw for 260 yards, played a terrible game. I think his pass rating was about 51.3 and they were out of the playoffs losing the AFC championship game in Miami. I remember I had tears. I had tears and I'll tell you what, not a single person that I remember ever called for Dan Marino's head. He never called for his head. He played horribly, but he was still Dan Marino. Give me a break. The guy never won anything. You never wanted him gone. Tua Tungavailoa makes this team legitimate. We've won. We've had four straight winning records, but since Tua Tungavailoa was on this roster, and you want to get rid of him, you should be fired. You should be fired. You're not. A, you're not a journalist. You're. You're just. You're just a, uh, a a guy trying to drum up some drama. I'm done with it. Pump I'm the- curious to know who this is. Niner gang. Congrats on the wins, Lions. Good luck this weekend. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who that game. is. It's Shannon but Smith renaming. It's got to be Shannon. That's he's probably he's probably of. got a, uh, a, a, a he's an admin of a, a group. Maybe on on Big YouTube. Though. That's a that's a that was a YouTube comment. Pump the brakes. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, no, I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. What a, a good, nice, fun Homer's corner for both of us. Uh, <laughs> this it wasn't week. me. Oh, Shannon, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, Chris. Hey, Chris. 
appreciate you joining the show with us tonight. Hopefully you'll join with us next week when we see the the, the 49ers make the NFC Championship game after their win over the Packers this weekend. And Shannon said it wasn't him on the show. uh, Exactly. So, Bill, before we sign off, anybody you want to give a shout out to before we uh, before we sign out of here tonight? Uh, I'd like to shout out the weatherman in Kansas City to tell us how cold it was going to be down there, and 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 also uh, was it Vixit Vicus 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 whatever the 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 maker of uh, Patrick Mahomes' helmet for making him so weak that his head almost came popping out. That's it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, Mama Frick saying great covers. Thanks, Mama Frick. Thanks for everybody who is part of the show tonight. Make sure you tune into the Cat Cave on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel or the Keep Pounding Podcast Network wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And listen to myself, Michael Davis, and Shannon Smith talk all things Carolina Panthers. Uh, our shows go live every Wednesday on those platforms. And make sure PJ Steven and I have been, have been back at it again, talking pro wrestling. We had a new wrestling show go up live this week. Not live, but go up this week, both on YouTube and wherever it is that you get your podcast. And we actually have a new episode going out this coming Monday on both platforms as well. And then, as always, every week going toward to the end of the NFL season, uh, coming back and listen to, to Banker Bill and your guy, Billy Rye, talking uh, more uh, NFL playoffs uh, heading to towards the Super Bowl. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we talked about that, Niner Gang. I appreciate you uh, mentioning that as well. So thanks, everybody who's part of the show. Uh, a lot of comments, a lot of commenters, too many to get to. So thanks, everybody who joined the show live with us tonight and continue to, to support this. Make sure, if you haven't already, go to facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns. And give us a follow. We are looking forward to our first thousand followers over on that social media platform. On action, follow at Tapout. And if you're listening to us or watching us on YouTube, make sure you give us a follow and a subscribe there as well. Thanks, everybody who was part of the show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And for Banker Bill, it's your guy, Bully Rye. And we'll see you next time right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. <laughs>